Just Fantasy Baseball, your host Colby Olson, back here with Clay Snowden as well, to give you a waiver wire episode to remember forever, because we are coming with some good players to talk about, some really interesting streaming options, if I must say so myself, but you gotta, you gotta wait for the end of the episode to find out who we've got as our streamers for the week, but they're a little out there, but I think they're gonna get the job done. Um, they might shock you a little bit, but first at the top of the hour here, I do want to talk about clay. I want to talk about Yuri Perez, his first start. Um, I don't know if you got to watch any of it. Did you, did you see any of it live? I was in the car on the way to a fishing trip, so I did not, but I I was keeping tabs and watching the highlights. Did you catch any good fish? That's probably the most important question, actually. 20 fish day on Saturday. So a great outing. Uh, went with my father-in-law and brother-in-law their first time fly fishing. So they caught some fish, too. So it's all catch and release, correct? Delayed harvest stream. You have to ca- catch and release. Yep. Okay. Okay. Because I do love a nice, fresh-caught fish. Yeah. I, I love fish. I saw the pictures of the fish. They do. are They're beautiful fish. But it's I've never I've been fishing once in my life. And I enjoyed it, and I definitely it's definitely something that I would like to do again. Come on down to Kentucky, man. I'll I'll take you out fishing. All right, we got to do an in person episode of Just Fantasy. Oh. But to get back on topic, here is I did watch Yuri Perez first start. It was it was a sight, man. He gave up two home runs. Um, he gave up two solo home runs over four and two thirds, seven strikeouts, two walks, just four hits. Um. I mean, he looks as advertised. That curveball is nasty. The fastball gets on guys. I mean, every pitch was as advertised, and the confidence and finesse that he showed as a 6'8 rookie making his debut was as advertised. Like, he was the number four prospect in baseball. Like, I, I might even say that he's the number one prospect in baseball. Like, he looked like that. Um, so, yeah, it was as, as advertised, and I would say that if you picked up Yuri Perez... Um, hold on to him. See what happens the next start. The next start after that. See how long the Marlins keep him up here. Um, but yeah, he went four and two thirds against the the Reds in his first start. I would imagine. Um, I would hope that he goes five or six in his next start. We'll see. I would imagine that the Marlins keep him on a little bit of a shorter leash. I don't think they're gonna try to overwork him at this point in his career. Um, but man, he had wipeout stuff as advertised, like strikeout stuff with not a lot of walks. So we love that. Yeah, and I think one of his home runs was to Tyler Stevenson. It was like a fastball in the inside part of the plate. And that's just probably a scouting report thing where it was just lucky because Stevenson has does not hit for much power and he pushes everything to the to right field. So uh, to see Stevenson turn on a ball and hit a home run, a pull side home run was shocking to me as well so i i don't even look at that as an issue for him that's a really without watching the game that's a really good comment clay because it did look like he knew it was coming like he knew to gear up for a fastball like inner half and just explode because you're right you do not see tyler stevenson do that much like he is a spray the ball all fields hitter with not much power so Yeah. yeah yeah that was interesting um 
Also, before we get into like who we want to talk about for potential pickups and waiver this week, um, I did want to backtrack a little bit to last week. Um, you weren't on the show, but I talked about I obviously talked about Matt Mervis, um, who struggled a little bit this week, which fair enough. He's making his debut. And, you know, sometimes it does take 50, 100 plate appearances um, to get going. So I wouldn't drop him yet. I would hold on to him for now, because I do think that um, that will pay dividends by the time we reach June. Like Matt Mervis isn't going away anytime soon. He is going to stay up with the Cubs for the time being. Um, But Tristan Casas is who I wanted to bring up because I... Brought him up as a guy to pick up if you did not, if you missed out on Matt Mervis, Tristan Casas is was a great option. And last week he hit two home runs, a double, um, good for a 329 uh WRC plus last week, struck out just 14% of the time, walked 21% of the time. Obviously, small sample, 14 plate appearances. But like in just a week, he's already showing why um the peripheral numbers look so good before last like this before last week and then this week he's just taking it to another level continuing to put in good at bats hit the ball hard hit the ball in the air um the one thing we did talk about pre-show with with causes though is that he is somewhat of a of a platoon bat um against lefties but i don't see that as much of an issue yeah it's it's not a huge issue especially if you have room on your roster to to have you know the the luxury of a platoon bat and over his past two weeks 346 438, 615, two home runs, and only five strikeouts. So a player who's been looking much better than, you know, what we originally saw, 11% barrel rate and a 42.3% hard hit rate. I like him. I know it's a player that we talk about often, but this Red Sox lineup, it's not bad. It is not bad at all. And if you can pick him up, as long as you have room to kind of have the luxuries of a platoon bat, maybe you have somebody who's kind of underwhelming at first base or your your utility spot, and you can kind of filter them in and out. Absolutely. So, Clay, now we're going to break into breaking down some of the waiver wire guys that we want to talk about this week. Um, I'm just going to bring up the names. We don't usually do this on the show, but I'm going to bring up the names now, and you can pick. Like, we'll do a little draft on, like, who we want to talk okay. about first. Um, so, In this episode, we're going to talk about Joey Gallo, Christopher Morrell, Dominic Fletcher, Marcelo Zuna, and also Brandon Marsh. So I'll let you take first pick. You talk about whoever you want, and I'll count. All right. So my guy is is Christopher Morrell, and he's I've just been a huge fanboy of his ever since he came up. Um, Yeah, he just got called up. This was his first first week with the Cubs this season. Three eighty one, three eighty one. That's not a, a yeah, you know, that is correct. Same on base as average. Uh, eight fifty seven. He had three home runs this week, and stole a, a base in the minors this year. Eleven home runs, three thirty average, four twenty five on base with a seven thirty slug. I love this player because not only is he showing that he has pop, and he showed that last year as well. You can play him all over the place with the position flexibility. The one concern is the strikeouts. That was an issue last year that we saw, and it's an issue in the minors this year as well and coming in to the majors. I think he struck out in every game that he's played so far. Um, He has. A a game or two with two strikeouts, if I I remember right. He's somebody who's going to strike out 30% of the time. So in order to have good value, he's going to have to continue hitting home runs, sprinkle in some stolen bases. But even if you pick him up as a bench option, and just use them to fill in here and there and 
you know, start him while someone else is in a slump or whatever. I just love the versatility for him in fantasy. Well, he clearly took it personally getting sent down to begin yeah. the year, like beginning of the year, beginning this year in AAA. I think he definitely took that personally because through 29 games in AAA, I think we talked about morale last episode, but I'm going to bring it back up because like in 29 games, he had 11 home runs and four stolen bases, a 400 isolated power. Like, unbelievable. You do not see that. Um, and now he started his first four games at the big league level with two bombs. Um, and you go back to last year, the numbers at the big league level. Like, they were good, right? A 108 WRC+. plus. He only hit 235, but the power was there. He walks a good amount. He has a feel for the zone. Um, beyond chase, like, he does chase and, and does whiff, but he does take walks as well, um, which will allow him to stay on rosters, but you look at the barrel percentage last year, Clay, 13.4% barrel rate um, last year. And I imagine that it's higher this year, like hitting 11 home runs of 29 games at AAA, and then already two home runs. Like he's, yeah, he has a feel for his swing right now beyond whiffing. Yeah. And, and he, he hit a home run today. So I, I don't think fan graphs has updated that. Oh, we are three home some. runs in five games. Like, yeah, my God. Yeah. That's so unreal. he's in their spots for him to play. And that's what I love. It's not like he is shoehorned into one position that the Cubs are going to have to make tough decisions on. He can play around the field some. I kind of like this Cubs team. I don't love them, but I kind of like what they have to offer. I think run production is possible. It's not some black hole. Well, the interesting thing about this Cubs team is like they don't have it's not like superstars are filled with this team. It's just a lineup top to bottom one through nine that has average to above average hitters like top to bottom there's nobody in this lineup where i'm like this guy's an automatic out unless eric cosmer's in the lineup if eric cosmer's in the lineup yes he's an automatic out the one thing that the christopher morell the challenge is that he's owned right now in 63 percent of leagues so you might have a little bit of trouble finding him on your waiver but you know i think there's still a little bit time but i'm like yeah this and might it's be funny the last this is the last sprinkling of time to get morell in your roster it's funny because i'm looking right now yeah, you know, it's 15% in ESPN, but I don't Are think you that those me? numbers update quickly enough. Um, so it's crazy. Like, I feel like everyone is picking him up either this morning or yesterday. So I feel like those numbers are going to skyrocket very quickly. I th- I have to believe so. Um, I would say that that does follow the trend, though. Like, Yahoo leagues do tend to um, have these players added more so than mm-hmm. ESPN leagues. I don't know why that is. Maybe because more people play eight-team leagues on on ESPN. Um, I don't know. There could be a multitude of reasons. Maybe. I don't know either. I cannot. I've, I've tried to, f- to figure it out, and I don't have any sharper answer. Sharper players play on Yahoo. Like, it is kind of an older thing. Like, nobody is going out of their way to make a Yahoo email account anymore in the year 2023. Yeah, that's very true. Um. All right. Let me go next. I want to talk about Brandon Marsh for a second. Marsh is another player that's owned and he's owned in 55% of leagues. So you could probably find him in your league. Um, Marsh started the year on an absolute tear clay, um, but he's cooled off as of late in his last um, 45 plate appearances, a 33% K rate. 18% walk rate, but just a 194 batting average, a 356 on base percentage, but just a 250 slug. That's a 69 WRC plus. So high strikeout rate. Yes, on base percentage is good, but if there's not a lot of power to come along with that, then there is some concern there. Um, but the reason that I wanted to bring him up 
is that over the last 14 days, he has the second highest hard hit rate in baseball behind Bo Bichette at 68%. So while he is struggling, he is hitting the absolute piss out of the baseball. Um, the, the problem with Marsh is that a lot of that contact does come on the ground, um, which does have its, its it, it, it is a problem, right? He has a 48.6% ground ball rate, which is why, you know, the home run numbers aren't insane as they should be. He only has four home runs this year. Um, but with that hard hit rate, like there, I, I feel like there is something to dream on. So I wouldn't say like go run and pick him up or anything, but like, this is definitely a watch list guy for me. Like see what yeah. happens. And depending on your team, it could make sense to pick him up right away. It's just the issue right now has been the production in the past two weeks, two runs, two RBIs. Like he's not going to appear on the sort by most points scored or most, you know, whatever in the past two weeks, he's not going to appear on that list at the top, but let, like you said, he is still impacting the baseball. So definitely a guy to watch the guy I want to talk about next Colby. I don't love at all. And I don't think you do either. But we've got to talk about it. It's Marcel Azuna. His season totals are terrible. No, I'm glad you're taking this. Yes, I figured (laughs) I would. His season totals are terrible. 169, 282, 416, seven home runs. Okay, 13% barrel rate, 42, or excuse me, 43% hard hit rate. Exact same as last year. His 89.5 exit velo, exact same as last year. It's kind of crazy. It's just like he's cloning last year. Now, the past month, He's played better. 245, 351, No, that's not oh. even fair. That's not even fair. Don't bring out the last month. Play. He started the year from May or from March 30th to April 26th. He was hitting 085, 194, 203. He had yeah. just three extra base hits in that span, was striking out 27% of the time but also had an 077 BABIP, which is the least sustainable thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Then, since May has started, from May 2nd until now, he has an 11% strikeout rate, a 17% walk rate. He has five home runs and all of his run production over that span, right? So the question is, is this the real Marcelo Zuna? Or is the first month the real Marcelo Zuna? Or is it somewhere in the middle? It's probably somewhere in the middle. And I don't even know if that's rosterable. I I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And I have him on here because for me personally, I picked him up because I need an outfielder badly. And I need to ride a hot hand because I dropped Marsh at actually in my 10-person in my league. So I needed someone. He's produced the past week or so. Both of us don't think it's going to continue. But he's not owned in a high percent of leagues. He has been a good player in the past. Like it's not a bad flyer to take because, especially because you know he's not going to strike out. He's this not going to be a thirty-five percent strikeout guy that's going to tank you, right? Like this is a hitter. Their classic Chris Carter streamer, where like, oh, he's hit three home runs in the past week. Let's pick him up and see where it goes because yeah. he's seeing the ball well right now. Um, so yeah, I think it can't hurt to pick him up on your roster for the time being. Um, you know, Clay, you know who's been really good as of late? And I didn't even expect to talk about him, but like Marcelo Zuna kind of shifted me to this because his strikeout rate drastically declined over the last week. Javier Baez has been very good. 
I'm going to say, I'm actually going to say he's been very good. Like since this is a big sample too, since April 13th, this is a 103 played appearance sample. He has a 16.5% strikeout rate. Yes. He's not walking 5% walk rate. You don't expect Javier Baez to walk. You actually don't want him to walk, put the ball in play, but he's not striking out. He is hitting 323 over that span. He has a 484 slugging percentage over that span, three stolen bases, three home runs. He is very rosterable, and I very well might be wrong, and I would be gladly be wrong about my preseason uh, take that I will just stay far, far away from anything Javier Baez. But how could you I picked this? him up. He's on my team right now, and I recently wrote an article. 62% just, just Baseball.com article breaking down how he's looking now is with he's just not swinging and missing at fastballs and sliders like he did in the past, which is a huge, huge sign for a player who's available out there. Now he's been picked up quite a bit over the past week, but he's going to play every single day. He's going to bat pretty high up in that lineup. And there's a non-zero chance that he returns to being a plus player. Like we've seen it in stretches when he's focused, he's good definitely an option to roster right now. He is. De- I, thought I mean, that you no, were going I, I don't Joey even Gallo. think an option. Like, I think that is must add. Yeah. I mean, dude, at, at, if he continues to put up a sub 20% strikeout rate, he should be able to return top 150 value. A little bit of insight on his power too. like, nobody was hitting home runs early in the year in Detroit miserable weather the ball did not carry at all he didn't look very good either don't get me wrong but it's still possible for him to you know enjoy the summer months with a bit more power the funniest speaking thing of power that. joey gala i know i know guy? but I'm, I'm gonna move to him in a second but still javier Baez has just two barrels on the season i don't even know how that's possible like for as hard as he swings how do you not hit more barrels than just two on the year I digress. Joey Gallo is a must talk about guy that we have not talked about at all on this show and is almost following the Brandon Marsh model or Brandon Marsh is following the Joey Gallo model. Like Joey Gallo is back to his ways of being a very high strikeout guy. That is just freak show when it comes to the power department, right? Like you go back to Joey Gallo, in 2017, 2018, back-to-back 40 home run seasons, an ISO, you know, near 300 or over 300. He was striking out 36, 37% of the time, hitting 200, but it didn't matter because he was driving in a ton of runs and hitting nukes. And that's exactly what he's doing again, man. He's hitting 209. He has eight home runs on the year, but he also has a 333 on base percentage. So, like, it's not, it's almost... You can stomach it if you play in a points league or an OBP league because he has so much juice in there that, like, there is enough value there. He really struggled over the last, like, before this past week, he's come alive a little bit. But before that, he was on a stretch where he was um, 0 for 28. So it was a brutal stretch for him. And he does go in those stretches. He still had a 250 OBP over that span, though. Like, he's still getting on base. So Gallo... Where did, how much is he owned right now? While you look that up, I, I just want to mention he's twenty five percent, ninety five mile per hour average exit velocity and a fifty nine point six percent hard hit rate. Like he's doing what Joey Gallo does, striking out and hitting the ball really, really hard. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, man. I think he's deserving of being rostered at least more more places than he is right now because he does have outfield eligibility. There's got to be somebody on your team where you're like, like Michael Conforto, like drop Michael Conforto or <laughs> drop one of those guys for Joey Gallo. I'd much rather have Joey Gallo, especially in points leagues and OBP. If average is a main component of your league, yeah, it might really hurt you. And I know, Clay, you play in some leagues where strikeouts hurt a lot. Yeah. So, like, Gallo might not be an option for you. Um, Gallo is an option for somebody out there, though. Like, there's there's somebody out there that could really use a Joey Gallo in their life. And it might be me. And, it, it, you know, if you're in a league that values average higher than, you know, some points leagues and whatnot, one player to talk about is Dominic Fletcher was recently called up by Arizona, small sample size, but the slash is 462, 488, 722, four, excuse me, 744. Yeah, I mean, stop runs. the season. I think, that? He, that, I think he's going to continue hitting 462. Yeah. Well, in the minors, he hit 323 with three home runs, and he's always been a low strikeout guy, around 14%. And so far... Small sample size, the average exit velocity, 92.6 with a 45.7% hard hit rate. There is some concern about playing time. We know about the outfield in Arizona. There's a lot of players, and it's still possible that Jake McCarthy at some time can come back up and steal some playing time as well. But Fletcher was unprotected in the Rural 5 and did not get selected. I did not even know that until Aram tweeted that out. And it's that was driving a crazy... me crazy as a Reds fan who would love to have Dominic Fletcher on that, that team. That was a crazy tweet. But, you know, if he, if he can continue playing this well, I think that the playing time issues could disappear a little bit. I mean, you can put Guriel at DH and have Fletcher in left field, Thomas yeah. and Carroll. Like, you can figure it out. Well, he's your he's your classic, like he's prototypical platoon bat too, because he doesn't hit lefties well. He rakes against righties, and the sample size of him controlling the zone and being a good hitter spans back to twenty twenty two. Clay, right in AAA in twenty twenty two, one hundred one games, um, his strikeout rate was under twenty percent. He hit three hundred one, right? Like the numbers we're seeing right now, uh, at least in AAA this year, again, hitting 323 with a 14.7% K rate, like improving, but doing kind of what he did last year. And then he comes to the big leagues and he's mashing against righties, hitting the ball decently hard. Like, yeah, I, I think it, definitely this is a guy that um, in deeper leagues, why not take a flyer if he's getting playing time and, and controlling the zone um, for sure. Should we get to streamers? Yes, we should absolutely get to streamers. I'm. This is the most excited I've been to give out a streamer. I think all year. So I'm gonna go second. Full full disclosure: our our weekend streamers, which you know when we record for a Friday, there's not much opportunity, so they did not go too well. Not great weekend streamers. We apologize for that. We're, we will bounce back this week with these. Iron no, you're, you're not gonna say his name. You're not gonna say his name. I am Michael Lorenzen. No, the... no, no. Before we get into Michael Lorenzen, you're not gonna say Jake Irvin's name. Like you were hyping. Jake him Irvin was that. pitching well. That's why I wore the Mets hat today. Is because the Mets got to Jake Irvin. Um, I like, I'm laughing because deep... I laughed. I laughed at you when you brought him up in the last episode. It was a deep leaguer man, one percent owned. He looked good through about four or through four innings and then the fifth inning fell apart happens right 
If okay. You don't, if you didn't follow along for Jake Irvin, look up Jake Irvin's box score. Michael Lorenzen versus the Pirates on Tuesday. Michael Lorenzen's not a pitcher I particularly love. I want to get that out of the way, but he's going to be pitching at home against a league. I mean, these aren't supposed offense. to be ones we like. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're fine. They're fine. It could happen. Pirates are about league average in WRC+. Plus. They've cooled off from that super hot start that they've had. Now, Michael Lorenzen, one or less runs allowed in three of his five starts. The other two starts, five runs and six runs. So he kind of got blown up a little bit. Last two outings, each went seven innings of one earned run. And he looked a little bit better. I watched that last outing, and he started to look better. And I think the big change is that he's mostly using fastball, changeup, and slider instead of using all like five of his pitches. Mm. And the fastball batting average 154, and the changeup 138, and the slider 238. And he used those. I think he threw like 36 fastballs, 25 changeups, and 24 sliders, something like that. And then like four and five of, you know, sweeper. And then I, I don't even remember what the other pitch was, but. I think he's fine-tuning what he's throwing a little bit, and I could see this working. Like, I don't think he'll be somebody who's going to throw, you know, nine shutout innings, but in terms of streamers, he's shown that he can go deep into a game, which helps right off the top. At home, I like that a lot, and against the Pirates, a team that I'm not exactly, like, terrified of, especially because Brian Reynolds has been struggling. Like, I, I think this streamer may actually work out. I like it. No, the the you know my like top line analysis on Michael Lorenzen is he would fit the streamer build very nicely yeah. because he gets a ton of ground balls and should do well against bad teams, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the the what you're you're keying in on here. So I agree, man. I think this is a great streamer, and he's gone seven innings and in back to back starts. Yeah, wow, yeah. Ground ball rate over his last three starts is 55%. Um, So, yeah, he's not going to rack up a ton of strikeouts for you, but he's limiting walks, getting ground balls, should be able to go deep into a game for you, pick up a quality start and a win, um, you would hope. So, who are they playing again? The Pirates. They've been struggling over the last few weeks. So, I love it, man. I love it. I, I back this one more than Jake Urban. So mm-hmm. I apologize for laughing at you for Jake Irvin, but I it it was laughable a little bit. Sometimes you just got to try. You know, it's a half court shot. It is a half court shot. I think Lorenzen is more like a three pointer. Yeah. My streamer option. I'm gonna laugh at this one, but I'm actually dead serious about it. Is Patrick Corbin? It's Patrick Corbin, and he's facing the Mets. And you're probably hearing that, and you're you might be throwing up in your mouth. And I <laughs> wouldn't blame you a little bit. The Mets don't hit lefties that well, though. They have a one-on-one WRC plus against lefties this year. Dating back to last year, they didn't hit lefties well last year either. Um, you look at the matchup that Corbin has against these Mets like by a player specifically. Pete Alonzo historically has mashed against Corbin. He has five home runs against him, um, a 492 expected Woba, a 517 Woba. Like absolutely destroys Corbin. But beyond that, not many of these Mets hitters have fared well against Corbin historically, right? Starling Marte, below average. Nimmo, below average. McNeil, below average. Lindor, below average against um, Corbin. Eduardo Escobar has fared well against Corbin. Two home runs. 
But like many of the mainstays in this Mets lineup have not fared well against Patrick Corbin. So you're probably thinking, well, Colby, like I get that, but Patrick Corbin is not who he used to be. So like, do those numbers even matter? Well, I would even argue that like Patrick Corbin has been sneaky good lately. He has quality starts in four out of his last five outings. Right, so he's going deep into ball games. He's actually picking up some strikeouts in these outings too. He's had six strikeouts in two of his last five outings, um, getting plenty of ground balls. Um, the slider has a whiff rate of thirty-five percent on the year. So, yes, Patrick Corbin is not a good pitcher, but that's the point. You key on the matchups. He's owned in four percent of leagues, and I think he comes away with a quality start here, and possibly even a win, man. The Mets have not been playing good baseball at all, at all lately, right? I think the same reason that you keyed in on Jake Irvin against the, the, this Mets lineup is the same reason that I'm keying in on Patrick Corbin, but I have even more data to key in on this, right? Patrick Corbin, th- those numbers I was throwing out against this Mets lineup, dude, that's 237 plate appearances. So that's a huge sample. Like the struggles that Lindor and Marte and all of those guys have had against Corbin dates back a while and I think it still holds true today. So Corbin is my guy this week. I love it. I love it. Did that fire up you fire you up a little bit? I'm gonna watch that game now. I probably would not have beforehand. It's Monday at 4.05 p.m. Like, could you think of a grosser slate? Oh, they're also facing David Peterson. The Nationals. And the Nationals, here's one for here's another reason you should love this one. The Nationals have a top 10 WRC plus this year against lefties, a 109 WRC plus against lefties. David Peterson has been abysmal when he's been up. He has been giving up rockets left and right and center all over the ballpark. So love this matchup. Absolutely love this matchup. Patrick is probably going to give up six earned runs over. Go Nets, baby. (laughs) Um, You got anything else, man? Anything else? Corey Seager's coming back. So those of you like me who own Corey Seager, the the wait's over. Uh, that's all I got. Seager cannot wait to get Corey Seager back. All right. Corey Seager is doing rehab assignment right now in double A Frisco. So when does he come back? Like next week? They said as early as this week. <laughs> as early as. He was on fire before he went down, too. Okay, that's exciting. We'll finish that. Hey, and you know what? Go Celtics. Clay and I are both Celtics fans, Celtics. so we're fired up tonight. We're recording this right after the Celtics just won game seven. Yeah. Um, So just fantasy baseballs. Also, sometimes we're sometimes basketball fans, too. So. Celtics are 1-0 since Colby got a mustache. I am rocking a mustache. Um, Favorite mustache in the big leagues right now. That's actually the closer. To the to the episode. I mean, Strider's kind of got the iconic like mustache game, right? But um, favorite, I, I don't know, man. I would have to think about that. No, you said it. It's Strider. Yeah, that mustache is so thick and full, and he just it adds it adds at least like a few percent K rate. Andrew Chafin's had a good mustache in the past, and here and he there, he looks so. like Snuffleupagus. What's that? You know Snuffleupagus? No. Like a, he's a uh, a Muppet. Okay. I don't know the Muppets, man. I'm sorry. Uh, wow. All right. Well, that'll do it. Just Fantasy Baseball. I hope you guys enjoyed um, this episode. 
we'll be back sometime this week talk about just like news and updates and do one of those types of episodes again i hope you guys like it let us know how we're doing send us a message tell us what you want to hear some more of give us player ideas we're happy to talk about anything at any time we love just talking fantasy baseball so um reach out to us on twitter and yeah thanks for listening guys adios